Welcome to the Tea and Hennessy in the Queendom with your one and only queen, Taylor Kathy in the motherfucking building. Hey y'all, how's it going? Welcome to the Tea and Hennessy and I'm so happy to be here with you guys on this beautiful Friday night. Although you guys can't see me, I got on my beautiful black dragon dress with my new dragon bur- dragon gold barrettes and red lipstick. I look so freaking cute. Seriously, and my curls being pushed back with these barrettes are on and popping. Seriously, I am so fucking cute right now. So fucking cute. We got a lot of tea and Hennessy to discuss tonight. Well, it's gonna be very, it's gonna be mixed Hennessy and tea. But we got, apparently R. Kelly loves being on the topic on In the Queendom because he's got a lot going on here. We're talking about him tonight and we're also going to be talking about the late beautiful and precious princess of R&B, Aaliyah. There is new information about the day that she died that we're going to get into very soon. First, we're going to talk about what is going on with the case of R. Kelly. And apparently one of his lawyers is planning on backing out the eve of his trial, which is coming up very quickly. Seriously, time is almost up for this motherfucker because he has to sit he has to sit in the box and say what he did. <laughs> but R. Kelly's lawyers are not really pleased with these new allegations coming from two young men. And his lawyers pushed back against prosecutors' requests to include additional allegations. That's right. Here we go. We're reading from Complex. R. Kelly's lawyers are arguing against federal prosecutors' request to use additional allegations in the singer's upcoming sex trafficking trial in Brooklyn. The new allegations that prosecutors are requesting a judge's permission to discuss in court include the sexual abuse of minors, unlawful imprisonment, bribery, and physical abuse. The new allegations reportedly include those of Kelly sexually abusing a 17-year-old boy, teenage girls, and women as far back as 1991 and having a fake ID made for Aaliyah in 1994 when she was 15 because he thought she was pregnant with his child and she could not then be forced to testify against him in court. But now, but now, Kelly's lawyers Thomas Farnella and Nicole Becker are arguing that the latest request is unequivocally inadmissible under the federal rules of evidence and that it would violate his constitutional rights and right to a fair trial. <laughs> uh, mm, I'm just keep going. The government's request is untimely, not relevant, and if permitted will cause severe prejudice to Mr. Kelly, of which such prejudice outweighs the probative value of filing states according to the Chicago Sun-Times. The allegations regarding the 17-year-old boy claim that the singer has sexual encounters with him and directed him to do the same with others. Beyond these, that prosecutors are pushing to discuss with the charges against him in both New York and Illinois, the singer is facing a total of 22 federal criminal charges. The indictment in Brooklyn alleges that he had an enterprise of affiliates who would recruit women and girls. Kelly's lawyers also noted, according to the channel that will not be named on this in the queendom ever, ever, ever again. Never liked it. 
that potential jurors have already been given questionnaires and that they are void of a single question about their opinions or feelings on same-sex relationships. So if allegations regarding a possible male victim enter the courtroom, his lawyers reportedly claim it would be unfair. How is that unfair? How is it unfair? He... He made Dominique Gardner dress up like a boy. So that basically shows that he had a kink. So what? It's not the same because it's an actual boy that he has abused. What the fuck? He deserves to have his story told as well. They're all equal in this. Everybody who was abused by him is equal in this, regardless of gender. That's my opinion. Like, hello, Seriously, but this motherfucker, he's in, he's in some serious trouble because come the day that he has to um, that he has to testify, his lawyers, he cannot keep any fucking lawyers. Ugh, he can't he can't keep a lawyer. He cannot keep a lawyer right now because there is there's a chance that he's going to lose his going to lose his defense because another key member of R. Kelly's legal team may exit New York case on eve of trial. A key attorney for indicted singer R. Kelly has abruptly asked to withdraw from the federal case against him in New York, potentially throwing his legal team into further disarray just a week before jury selection is set to begin there. Nicole Blank Becker, who took over the case in June after Kelly said he wanted to part ways with his two Chicago-based attorneys, filed her motion to withdraw last week under seal, according to court records and sources who spoke to the Tribune about the matter. Over the weekend, an order from U.S. District Judge Ann Donnelly appeared briefly on the public docket giving Becker until 5 p.m. Monday to submit a letter privately to the judge supporting her request to withdraw. The submission was to be made ex parte, meaning prosecutors would not get to see it. Ah, shit. The reasons for her request are unclear and it's not known whether the judge will grant it. The motion is expected to be discussed Tuesday at Kelly's final pretrial conference in U.S. District Court in Brooklyn. Contacted by phone Monday, Becker declined to comment on the situation. We'll find out tomorrow, she said. The development comes as Becker and her co-attorneys hit back on a request by federal prosecutors to admit new evidence of sexual abuse at trial, saying in a court filing over the weekend they were blindsided and have no time to prepare an adequate defense. The motion asked Donnelly to deny prosecutors' attempt to add 15 new alleged victims to the case, which alleges a conspiracy by Kelly to use his music career to serve his own illegal sexual appetites. Given the nearness of trial, the defense has not given ample amount of time to ensure an adequate opportunity to assess the evidence, the purpose for, for which the evidence is offered, and whether prosecutors had the legal basis for their requests. Becker and attorney Thomas Farnella wrote in the 13-page motion late Friday. Kelly, 54, is scheduled to go on trial in Brooklyn August 9th on racketeering charges alleging he ran a criminal enterprise that recruited women and underage girls for illegal sexual contact, then isolated and threatened them to keep them under control. The allegations in the indictment include dozens of acts involving six victims identified only as Jane Doe's 1 through 6. 
but a 55-page motion filed July 23rd. Prosecutors said they want to bring in additional evidence involving sexual abuse, hush payments, unlawful imprisonment, and other crimes dating back 30 years that are directly relevant and inextricably intertwined with the evidence of the charged crimes. Among the new evidence, prosecutors want the jury to hear Kelly allegedly sexually abusing a 17-year-old boy he'd met at a Chicago McDonald's in December 2006. He secretly arranged to marry 15-year-old Phnom singer Aaliyah to shield himself from criminal charges after he allegedly got her pregnant. And he allegedly talked about bribing a Cook County Circuit Court clerk for information when he was under investigation in 2019. Kelly's lawyers said in response that prosecutors blindsided them with the allegations about the sexual abuse of the boy, which was the first to involve a male victim and would have led to additional questions about sexual orientation on the questionnaire that went out to potential jurors last month. The new allegations also contend the first boy identified only as John Doe 1 introduced Kelly to a second teenage boy identified as John Doe 2, with whom Kelly also allegedly had an improper sexual relationship. The topic of sexual orientation has become a controversial as top as politi- as politics. Kelly's attorneys wrote, this topic would have been ripe for questioning in the question in the jury questionnaire. There is no question that the only purpose for which government seeks to introduce evidence from the John Doe's is purely salacious and sensational reasons. (laughs) Uh, The motion also stated there was absolutely no physical proof nor circumstantial proof that the new allegations involving Aaliyah, identified in the indictment as the Jane Doe one, are true. And even if there was such evidence, she can't be questioned about it since she died in a plane crash nearly 20 years ago. Therefore, the additional information the government seeks to introduce regarding Aaliyah is nothing more than conjecture and an effort to further shape their narrative, the motion stated. Kelly's attorneys also objected to prosecutors failing to identify the alleged new victims by name, which they say puts them at a disadvantage when it comes to adequately preparing cross-examinations of witnesses. Donnelly is expected to rule on whether the new evidence can come into the trial after Tuesday's pretrial conference. Opening statements are scheduled for August 18th. The trial is expected to last at least a month. Kelly... Kelly, who is being held at federal jail in Brooklyn, also faces charges in U.S. District Court in Chicago related to alleged sex abuse of minors, as well as separate indictments brought to Cook County. Oh, man. There's a time, because there's a, there's a time problem. There's a time problem. Okay, even if there is a time problem, they still deserve... They still deserve to have their voices heard. John Doe 1 and 2. I don't know their names, but they deserve to have their their voices heard of what this man did to them. If you can't put them on tri- put them on trial for the first one on the 9th, put them on the 18th. That way you guys can have some time for the cross-examination. And if we don't know the situation with Nicole Becker, my guess is just like this is too fucking much. 
this man is guilty. I ain't defending this suck motherfucker. I'm the I'm getting the fuck out of here. This is too messy for me. That's my thought. Don't quote me on it, but I think that's my thought. That's why she's recusing herself from the case. All I'm saying is, this is how more salacious can it get? Just because the gender there's two there's a there's two, there are two people of the opposite gender of women being called to the stand to that have a story with R. Kelly and they want their justice. That should not be an issue. That should not be an issue here. That's just bullshit to me. That is total fucking bullshit. Okay? He's already proven that he's nasty. He's already na- that he's nasty. I mean, come on. I had a sip. Because mm. my throat's getting hot. My throat's getting fucking hot. Seriously. The man is nasty. And now we have to move on to... We have to basically we have to talk about more about like why they're not going to do it. Or Kelly's lawyer cites homophobia as a possible threat to their defense. Okay, Madame Noir recently reported that legal documents listed the 19 female victims who are accusing Kelly of sex crimes as Jane Doe one through 19. In newly released documents, a male, John Doe one, claimed he was 17 years old when he was groomed and sexually abused by Kelly. Another male, John Doe 2, who was allegedly introduced to Kelly by John Doe 1, is listed as a victim of the R&B singer's sexual misconduct as well. The, accusa- the accusations date, date as far back as 1991, and Kelly's trial is set to begin on August 18th. The prosecutor's filing from last week revealed Kelly allegedly asked John, Jane Doe 5, sorry, Jane Doe 5, to search child pornography involving boys for him on the internet. Additional details shared that the singer allegedly made a fake ID for our precious Aaliyah to marry him in 1994 when she was 15 because he thought she was carrying his child and he wanted to prevent her from being forced to testify against him in court according to Complex. Regarding the allegations from Kelly's male accusers, the site that shall not be named and the website that shall not be named on this, that shall not be named in the queendom ever again, reports that the singer's attorneys, Thomas A. Farnella and Nicole Blake Becker, think that they shouldn't be presented in court by the prosecution. Farnella and Becker argued that the jury selection for the trial is at risk. As of now, the questionnaire that potential jurors will soon take is void of a single question about their opinions or feelings on same-sex relationships. If the allegations of the two male victims are are to be discussed during the trial, that may change. Farnella... Farnella and Becker will also have to work their defense strategy in a short time frame. Notably, the two say that they're worried the stigma surrounding LGBTQ relationships will influence the jury and possibly and possibly 
right guys and possibly elicit negative feelings from them towards kelly the government's request is untimely not relevant and if permitted will cause severe prejudice to mr kelly of which such prejudice outweighs the probative value a filing made by the two attorneys on behalf of the singer said according to chicago sun times oh my god what the fuck what the actual fuck this is we waited for this trial we pushed for it we screamed for it we begged it not to get pushed back and now we have two new victims and they cannot even get a fair to get fair representation in the court system because it's involving their sex when it shouldn't matter saying like oh it's gonna come out as homophobic no what you're doing here is is showing that sexual abuse doesn't have one face okay and as for Aaliyah involved in this, God bless her beautiful soul. We're about to dig deeper in what happened. And for all of you Aaliyah fans on here, please support her, please. And for those of you who think that Aaliyah was complicit in her own abuse, you can just leave this episode right now because... I don't want you in my presence, well, in my internet presence, if that's what you think, because we don't know the whole story. And sat, and I feel so bad that Aaliyah is not here to tell her story. It's so sad that her life was taken at the age of 22, that she can't speak for herself. We're going to take ourselves a small music break. When I come back, we're going to talk about R. Kelly and Princess Aaliyah. Stay tuned. of you i'm alive you've given me everything that's why i worship you no one can take away all the love i have for you i'm gonna follow you no matter what i go through yes i will follow you we'll follow you even though it's things get crazy lord i will follow I will follow you, Lord, I will follow you, 
Yes, I will follow you, Lord, I will follow you Even though when things go wrong, you're right there by my side You never let me go, it's because of you I'm alive You've given me everything, that's why I worship you No one can take away all the love I have for you I'm gonna follow you, no matter what I go through Yes, I will follow you, and I will follow you And if I die before I wait I pray the Lord my soul to take and if I die before I wait, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Even though it may get crazy, crazy. Yeah. Lord, I will follow you. Lord, I will follow you. No matter what's going on, you save me. Lord, I will follow you. Yes, I will follow you. Welcome back to the Tea and Hennessy, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. Much needed. Now we are going to, we're going to move. We're still in the R. Kelly bracket, but first we are going to talk about, we're going to talk about Aaliyah. We're going to talk about new information that has come to light about the day that she died. Stuff that we didn't even know. And it's from a credible source. So the only way, because like I said, I would not even, I would not read this news. It was not from a credible source. That's just how I roll. So we're going to read it. It says, singer Aaliyah was unconscious when she was carried on to plane that fatally crashed in 2001. Now that's new. Daily, this is from the Daily Mail. Whew. Aaliyah was given sleeping pill and carried on to plane unconscious before it crashed and killed her in 2001. Passenger who was in her taxi to airport claims in new book. Mm. A Bahaman man who got to spend time with the late pop star Aaliyah just hours before she was killed in a plane crash claimed she never wanted to get on the stricken aircraft in the first place and had taken a sleeping pill just hours earlier. Kingsley Russell, whose family ran a taxi and hospitality business in the Acabo Islands, was just 13 years old on August 25th, 2001. But he was with the star as his stepmother drove her team to the airport for her return flight back to the U.S. Russell got to work with Aaliyah's entourage as her team baggage carrier thanks, thanks to his aunt, Annie Russell, who ran a small hospitality business on the island. As a teen, Russell claims that when the star saw the plane to take her back to the U.S. mainland, she refused to get on board and went back to sleep in the cab as his stepmother was driving, telling her team she had a headache. Having passed out in the back of the cab, her team ultimately had to carry Aaliyah onto the plane while she was still fast asleep, despite her earlier protestions over traveling. 
hours later, she would be dead as the Brooklyn Born Star and the eight members of her entourage were killed when the plane crashed shortly after takeoff about 200 feet from the end of the runway as it struggled to gain altitude. The weight was not properly distributed, making it harder to control once airborne. It also emerged that the pilot had faked his certifications to get his license, and he was also found to have cocaine and alcohol in his system at the time of the accident. Russell, now 33, who has remained silent for two decades, is speaking out about what he says happened in the hours before the crash on the fateful day in a new book, Baby Girl, better known as Aaliyah, by music journalist Kathy Landali. Landali had long been curious as to why Aaliyah, who was already a nervous flyer, would have been insistent on getting onto a small plane overloaded with luggage and equipment despite there being a chartered jet due to pick her up the following day. Aaliyah had just finished filming a music video for her song, Rock the Boat. And upon completion of the shoot, the team were keen to get back to Miami about 50 miles away. After dropping the team off at the airport, Aaliyah had concerns about the aircraft after hearing that it would be overweight. Feeling a little under the weather and suffering from a headache, she decided to spend time in the back of the cab with the air conditioning, leaving her crew to sort out the problems. Later, according to Russell, someone from her entourage returned to ask her what was wrong. Aaliyah is said to have repeated her concerns about getting on the plane, at which she points she was handed a sleeping pill. She fell into a deep sleep. Russell headed back inside the airport while the star dozed in the back of the taxi. Upon entering the terminal, the book details how he could hear people bickering and arguing over the weight problems and the subsequent delays that were being caused. The airport staff and Aaliyah had the common sense that the plane was overweight. Russell is quoted in the book. Two hours later, the pilot once again advised there was too much cargo for the aircraft to fly. He was backed up by the baggage handlers at the airport, but then the argument ended abruptly and the pilot agreed to continue with the trip. All the while, Aaliyah was still fast asleep in the back of the taxi van, completely unaware of what had been going on inside the airport terminal. Moments after the takeoff, the plane came down, killing everyone on board. The pilot of the plane was earlier warned the aircraft was overweight with cargo and people, but ultimately he relented and decided to push ahead with the journey back to the U.S. mainland. Russell details how Aaliyah was brought out of the van and carried onto the plane despite her earlier reservations. She was still knocked out from whatever pill she had been given. They took her out of the van. She didn't even know what was getting, no, she was getting boarded on a plane. Russell states in the book she went onto the plane, the airplane asleep. Moments later, the aircraft was ready to depart and began hurtling down the runway. It was airborne for less than a minute before it came crashing down a couple of hundred feet from the end. 
although some on board survived the initial crash, including Aaliyah's bodyguard and hairstylist. Within hours, they were all dead. Aaliyah's body was found still strapped into her seat about 20 feet away from the wreckage. An autopsy detailed major head trauma and excessive burns, making her survival making her survivor was unthinkable. I remember when Aaliyah passed away. I was really upset, Landali said to the Daily Beast. The story kept saying she was adamant about getting on the plane. I was almost upset with her. Why did you get on? Why did why did you want to get on that plane so badly? In learning that she did not want to get on the plane for someone like myself and so many other people, I think that's closure for us. It's an unfortunate closure, but I needed to hear she didn't want to get on that plane. I needed to know that. The person who I thought had the most common sense in the world had common sense to not get on the plane. The fact that she was so adamant, staying in the cab, refusing. These are things we never knew. The only... Thing I've taken with me is that after 20 years, I can finally say that Aaliyah didn't want to get on the plane, Landali says. That makes me feel a little better, but not so much. That didn't have to happen. She should, she should still be here. And I think that's the saddest part about it. She deserved better. She did not want to get on that plane. (sighs) Things could have been so different. Things could have been so different. She. I think baby girl had a premonition that something was something bad was going to happen. She she knew she didn't want to get on that plane. She knew she didn't want to. And the fact that we were lied to for so long about that she just did, she wanted to get on the plane, she wanted to go back home. It, it just makes me turn to blind, makes me really just mad that we didn't know this. Like you're basically, because the way that I'm seeing it is you it's basically putting her image out there like oh she just wanted to get home she wanted to get home she didn't care that the plane was overloaded no she had her wits about her she knew that something was wrong and she wanted to keep herself safe but unfortunately that didn't happen she was put on the plane while she was unconscious and that's a new information the that she was found still strapped in her seat I never knew that information. That, that, oh my God. She was still in her seat. I never knew that. I just, oh my goodness. I wonder what she was dreaming about. I wonder what was she thinking while she was still asleep? Sadly, we'll never know. And I really would like to get that book. Let me let me look at that name one more time. Yeah, it's Baby Girl, better known as Aaliyah by Kathy Landali or Ian Dolly. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Ian Dolly, I like to read that book. And you guys can too, please. Oh my gosh. 
and now Aaliyah is being brought into the court case because she is a witness but she is a witness that cannot be brought in because she is gone so they can only rely on the information but they're not going to use that information because right now it says here R. Kelly lawyer concedes sexual contact between singer and underage wife Aaliyah but then backtracks see how you motherfuckers do the dead a lawyer for R. Kelly conceded Tuesday that the singer had sexual contact with recording artist Aaliyah during an awkward exchange over the R&B star's illegal marriage when she was just 15. But Kelly's defense lawyer, Thomas Farnella, quickly walked back to back the surprising admission about Kelly and the underage Are You That Somebody singer. One of the allegations against Kelly in his Brooklyn federal court criminal case is that he bribed an Illinois official to issue a wedding certificate in 1994 stating Aaliyah was 18, which is true, which if true, would have made the marriage legal. Fernella made the admission under questioning from Judge Ann Donnelly. Are you going to deny that there was sexual contact with Jane Doe 1? Donnelly asked, using the pseudonym that Aaliyah goes by in the criminal case. They were married. Farnella let out a deep sigh, sitting at the defense table next to Kelly and responded, no. Federal prosecutor Elizabeth Gittes then chimed in, giving Farnella an opening to walk back his remark by reminding him that Aaliyah was underage at the time. Are they not going to dispute that at the time Jane Doe 1, Aaliyah, was 13 to 15 years old, Gidis asked. We do not dispute, Farnella said, though it was not clear if he was referring to Aaliyah's age or whether the two had a sexual relationship. We're not prepared, prepared to concede with that right now. Aaliyah, born Aaliyah Hutton, was a performing artist and actress who had a mysterious friendship with Kelly for years before the two were secretly married in 1994, when she was 15 years old and he was 27. Aaliyah died in an August 2001 plane crash in the Bahamas. Farnella's awkward admission came during the final pretrial hearing in Kelly's racketeering case that is set to begin next Monday. Kelly 54 is accused of running an enterprise that trafficked women and girls across state lines. He is accused of having sex with numerous minors and making child pornography. He allegedly forced his victims to call him daddy and did not allow them to eat or leave rooms without his permission. On Tuesday, the feds and Kelly's defense team spared over additional uncharged crimes that federal prosecutors seek to rise at trial seek to raise a trial. Among them are allegations that Kelly had sex with underage boys whom he then forced to engage in sex with minor girls. Another lawyer, another one of Kelly's lawyers, Devereaux Shanek, asked the judge Tuesday to provide Kelly with free court transcripts saying that the singer's funds have been depleted since he has not worked since his incarceration. Kanek also said Kelly has gained weight since his, since he's been incarcerated. I knew it! 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 Oh shit! <laughs> Woo! I knew that motherfucker got big. Damn! Mm. 
and asked the judge if he could get a tailor to take Kelly's measurements so he can be provided with clothes that fit for trial. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Damn. Now, I ain't no skinny mini. I ain't saying that. Just... Nasty, motherfucker. Just nasty. <sighs> this feels... Baby girl, I'm going to say you deserve better. But somehow, I know by somehow the grace of God is going to find a way to have Aaliyah's voice heard in all of the trials. She deserves that much. I wonder what her parents think. I wonder... Will they even go? Will they go to the trial? Will they? I wonder, will, will they go? Will they stand up for their daughter? Will they do that? Will they please do that for her? I really hope that they do because their daughter deserves to have her name. Aaliyah deserves to have her name heard and she deserves to have her story told even though there's little bits it, that's all that's all I think y'all that's all I think um sadly there is there has been a death also um Fetty Wap's daughter Lauren passed away um last month and also Keisha Cole's mother Frankie Lons passed away too on the day of her birth on the day of her own birthday it's it's so it's it's so sad it really is sad <sighs> That's just, that's just horrible. Rapper Fetty Wap's daughter dies at four. Lauren Maxwell, the four-year-old daughter of rapper Fetty Wap has died, the girl's mother said Sunday. The news was shared in an Instagram post Sunday by the child's mother, Turquoise Miami. This is my amazing, beautiful, funny, vibrant, loving, talented, smart, and hard-headed princess mermaid, Aquarius. Miami wrote if you see this post scrolling by her this by with her name comment or just say to yourself I love you Lauren because they say souls can feel your love hashtag RIP the mother shared a video of her daughter smiling and bouncing in a swimming pool it was unclear what the cause of death was or when Lauren Maxwell died Fetty Wap, whose real name is Willie Jr. Maxwell II, didn't immediately respond to a request for comment Monday. The 30-year-old rapper is best known for his 2014 sleeper hit, Trap Queen, which reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100. I feel so, I feel so bad for him and for the mother of his beautiful baby. It's so fucking horrible. She, oh, she's and she's so beautiful. I can only imagine what he's going through right now. There, he made a comment. Well, Fetty hasn't commented on the loss of his daughter, but he did dedicate his rolling loud Miami performance to Lauren last weekend. 
Lolo, daddy did that shit for you last night, baby girl. The Trap Queen rapper wrote on his Instagram story after his set. Last month, Fetty posted photos of his children in honor of Father's Day. Pieces of my heart, he captioned the shots. It's them over anything or anybody. Tragically, Fetty also lost his younger brother, whom he called his twin, last October. I done lost so many niggas that shit was almost starting to feel normal. But my little brother, man, it felt like 2017 all over again. The same feeling the 30-year-old mourned on social media all at the time. I know your slogan, don't cry for me, slide for me. I don't know what I'm going to tell my nephew when he asks me why I make sure you was okay. Fetty has five other children in addition to Lauren. Aiden, Zavaria, Kari, Amani, and Zai. Good God. I feel bad. Much love to Lauren's siblings too. Oh my goodness. And... Now we're also going to pay respects to Frankie Lawrence, Keisha Cole's mother. And Keisha has since broken her silence after her mother Frankie Lawrence's death. Keisha has shared a touching tribute to her late mother Frankie Lawrence, who sadly passed away last weekend. As reported by Revolt, Frankie died while celebrating her 61st birthday on Sunday, July 18th. On Instagram, Keisha posted a series of pictures of her and her mother throughout the years. This is so hard, man. Can't really even find the words shaking my head, the R&B singer wrote. I honestly don't even know how to feel. You can never prepare for something like this, ever. But you will be missed. It's crazy because for weeks, I've been quoting you from the goose that laid the golden egg to calling Nephi shows shows slow burners shoes slow to calling nephi shoes slow burners cause because they were about scuffed up already your humor was unmatched naturally so funny and that's what i loved about your personality we all did i created this post to show my love and appreciation for your life and i would like to thank my fans and supporters shoot your supporters and fans for being here with us during these hard times and the love that you all have for us she continued the love for all your children was definitely felt the last night singer added when you said all you want is to have all your children in one place at one time meant the most to you and i'm completely down to do that for you even through our differences we love you i love you so much frank the bank Keisha's brother Sam previously told the name that shall not be used in the queendom that their mom passed away from a drug overdose. However, her official cause of death has not yet been confirmed. Keisha and Frankie's relationship was well documented on the BET reality TV show, Keisha Calls the Way It Is. Frankie also became a star in her own right through her own spinoff show with her daughter Nephi Pug, Frankie and Nephi. We at Revolve continue to send our condolences to Keisha and Frankie's family at this time. Frankie Lawrence was good people. She had her problems, but she was a good woman. Really, really. She's a, she was fantastic. Much love and peace to you guys. Rest in peace, Frankie Lawrence. Okay, y'all. 
we're gonna take ourselves another music break let's get ourselves together and just enjoy the music see you back here in a bit I know that my savior lives, and at the end, he will stand on this earth. My flesh may be destroyed, yet from this body, I will see God. Yes, I will see him for myself, and I long for that moment. Grandma, I really miss you, and it ain't been the same. I drop a tear when I hear your name. Mariella Holloway, why you gotta be so far away? Used to say, don't worry, it's gonna be okay. But it ain't, it's like when you left took the Lord with you, why couldn't I come when he came to get you, damn I really miss you, I had to say it again, I remember the time when I was like 10, crept up in the neighbor's yard, yeah, being hard headed, you told me I would get it, you said it, and boy did I get it, but after you spanked me, you hugged me, kissed me on my forehead, told me that you loved me, and I saw that it hurt you more than it hurt me, I thought how bad could this hurt be, I know now, that's why it's only done out of love, but I wouldn't give up one more hug. From grandma. Baby, it's gonna be okay. Oh, yes. She used to way. tell me that. Baby, it's gonna be okay. Everything I really miss her. Members is gonna hate me, but I'ma let you know what's been going on lately. Now you know since you left, a lot of things with your kids done changed. Yeah, Jackie's still crazy. Don't know what's up with James. Ain't seen Jerry in a while. You know he walked like you. And Renee's back in jail. You know she talked like you. Ricula's doing real good now. She working. Rhonda's still running around, tricking, jerking. Buckeyes bugging. He done lost his mind. And Jarvis back out of jail, doing fine. Colin, he done changed. It ain't all about self. It's for my father. Well, that's something else Buzz, that's my dog, he holds his grandmother down My great-grandmother Making a lot of trips out of town But that's a good thing And if I could only hear you sing Once more, hold oh on, the comfort it would bring Kids, 11 grandkids, and since then, two of your grandkids done had kids. I had a boy named Tacoma, Xavier's brother. That's right, Xavier made you a great grandmother. I thank you for the best times of my life. I thank you for when you first met her, accepting and loving my wife. I thank you for those Sunday dinners, they were vital. I thank you for my life. I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for the songs that you sang in the morning. Amazing grace. I thank you for the two beatings you gave me. Cause I know somewhere along the line, the lesson I learned from them two beatings saved me. And when you died, I cried like a baby. I begged the Lord to take me. Cause no one else could give me what you gave me. But life, like everything, comes to an end. I pray I go to heaven to see you again. Amen.
Welcome back to the Tea and Hennessy. I hope you guys enjoyed that music break. We are back. This time, we're going over to Atlanta. We're talking about Erica Mena and Safari Samuels. Turns out we're not the only ones that have a bone to pick with Safari with how he treats Erica. Safari Samuels gets scolded by his own mother, Mommy Samuels, over how he treats Erica. Wow. Baby... his mom says she's both hurt and embarrassed by his behavior adding he wasn't raised to treat women in such a way his antics have always caused him to trend in some capacity but in recent months safari samuels has been taking hits due to his marriage with a strange wife erica mena Years ago, the couple played their love story for a global audience as they toted their love on reality television, even marrying on love and hip hop. However, things took a turn this year and just weeks after announcing they were expecting their second child together, the couple shared they were divorcing. Both Safari and Erica have watched the memories of their relationship on TV with the rest of the world, reliving moments that they would probably rather not rehash. Some of their internet exchanges have also been rather controversial, as Erica has accused Safari of taking up with Joe Biden's ex and leaving her alone with their newborn while the baby was in NICU. On last week's episode, that was on August 2nd, of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Safari met up with his mother and to say that she was disappointed with his recent behaviors is an understatement. Safari revealed that Erica was six months along when he found out about the pregnancy and they were sleeping in separate rooms. There was so much turmoil and us not getting along, he said. Mm. Whose fault is that? His mother told him that with marriage comes arguments, which he needed to learn not to shut down. You create problems when you do that, she said. You get upset and you start tweeting. I don't like that man. And you know you wasn't raised like that. You know. You know when it comes down to women, the utmost respect. Yes! Yes, Mama Samuel! Stick it to him! Stick it to him! She told her son that when she sees him do and say such thing, it both hurts and embarrasses her. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. She's right. Mm -hmm. when your mommy is saying that shit to you when your mother is saying that to you that you you know that you fucked up big motherfucking time Mm -hmm. yeah so you need to look at your behavior you need to look at your fucking behavior because well you already lost your wife and you lost your wife's respect you need to grow up Mm. he mm. see and this fool was laughing at his daughter getting hurt on camera when they were when he was having a conversation with erica in his studio their daughter fell down after bumping into his guitar okay and it was it was so immature that your little girl 
your little girl just got hurt and all you're saying like oh she has to learn pain i didn't like that that really that bothered the shit out of me when he said that's like uh so if she gets hurt by a man in her future you gotta learn pain baby girl is that what you're gonna tell her or are you gonna be a man and tell her to get out of that relationship because right now she's watching her mommy and her daddy fight and daddy being a dickhead to mommy and the motherfucking period okay and the motherfucking period so he needs to look at it because now you have two children you have two children that you are that you are not taking care of you are no longer with the woman that you claim to love a long time ago and you now having your mother come at you speaking volumes that you need to get your shit together Another father we need to talk about is Mike Epps. When I first saw the picture of Mike Epps and his daughter together, the one with the straight hair, the big eyes, I thought like, oh, she's adorable. She's a little cutie. Very cute little girl. Then, turns out, Mike Epps used a filter on his daughter's face. And that's when shit got out of hand. And, well, he's under fire right now. Like, I just, I'm looking at the picture of her with her real hair. I'm like, whoa, she's a cutie. She is adorable. Like, why would you change your hair like that? Like, hello, why did you, it it just seems very, it just, it's almost like you're not saying, oh, I don't like her hair that way, but let's get into it. This is from Back Online. Mike Epps comes under fire for editing daughter's hair in photo. Mike Epps has come under fire for allegedly photoshopping his youngest daughter, Indiana Rose's hair in a recent candid, candid. Twitter was quick to point out the difference between the previous candid of Epps' baby girl compared to that of a recent photo that showed her with straight hair. Her hair, Mike captioned, underneath the suspected Photoshop candid. Several fans loved the picture and compared the image of Mike daughter to that of a porcelain doll those eyes one social media follower said in adoration she's beautiful stephanie mills wrote instagram was fairly gracious with their comments twitter however was quick to compare the picture of mike epps daughter with that of an old candid that showed the little one rocking curly hair while spending time in the pool with her dad i know damn well mike epps didn't edit his daughter's hair one Twitter critic wrote, another social media user tweeted, Mike Epps is over here photoshopping his daughter. I just, then he's going, he's going to capture the picture on the right. Her hair, it's not hers and neither is the face. Mike Epps and his wife, Kyra Epps, welcomed their daughter last March. Mike Epps took to Instagram to celebrate the arrival of his, his and Kyra's daughter. What's worse, YG saying how his light-skinned daughter is going to attract men at a funeral or Mike Epps editing his kid's picture to look mixed battle of the indigenist. Allow us to introduce you to our newest addition to the family, Mike told social media followers. Indiana Rose Epps, the celebrity father continued. She's rolling her, her eyes already, Epps revealed. We're so grateful. God, thank you for a healthy baby. Do you think my ass photoshopped his daughter's hair in the latest Instagram post? 
she's a cutie oh my gosh look at her i i like her hair curly like seriously this is this is new with with the twitter people i'm gonna say this twitter on twitter is is the is a very vicious ground when it comes to certain things like damn y'all just y'all just bring out the claws damn just damn 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 Woo. Lord. seriously just damn 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 y'all is y'all just go right the fuck in no questions fucking ask just go right in now we are going to talk about miss britney spears Britney is not slowing down to end this conservatorship. She has won the right to drive around and to be driven around by her boyfriend, Sam. She was also seen out having a good time at a zoo and petting a pig's belly, which is a win. Good job, girl. But Britney is, Britney, like she said, Britney is, Britney is pushing buttons and she is not, she ain't slowing down for, for no fucking body. But there is a picture of her right now on her Instagram wearing nothing up top, covering the girls up. Britney Spears fans concerned after Singer shares another topless post on Instagram and they're worried that something suspicious is going on. Britney Spears has concerned fans after sharing yet another topless post on Instagram. The singer recently shared three of the exact same topless photos of herself, eventually deleting the first two. And on Friday, July 30th, shared a brief topless clip of herself. Spears has now posted another video which shows her looking at the camera and tilting her body while covering her breasts with her hands. Her fans have been left confused by the post, with many questioning why is she continuing to share similar images. Who else is straight up concerned? One fan asked with another writing, literally, what is happening? Another Spears fan added, this is so confusing, but still love you, with someone else stating the belief that something suspicious is going on. Meanwhile, Hollywood star Sharon Stone stepped in to support the singer, calling her beautiful. Brittany, oh goodness. Earlier this month, a New York reporter revealed that 10 people from Spears' team meet each week to discuss her social media posts. Spears reportedly writes her own posts before submitting them to Crowdsurf, the company that handles her social media accounts, which then uploads them on her behalf. Last month, Spears angrily criticized her sister, Jayma Lynn, in two separate posts in which she addressed her ongoing battle to reclaim her conservatorship. I think Britney's posting the pictures to make her father angry because she knows that this will piss him off. I think that's what she's doing. So, and really, this hasn't broken the support for for Britney at all. Rebel Wilson, Rebel Wilson is out and proud channeling her inner Britney while doing, while basically wearing her. Sorry, she is channeling her inner Britney right now. And sorry, this is just this is just so exciting to me. The Australian actress transformed herself into music icon Britney Spears for her new Netflix film, Senior Year. Wilson 41 brought back the 90s look, transforming into the Princess of Pop's iconic costume from the hit music video for 
you drive me crazy. And damn, seriously, Rebel Wilson is looking good. She shared a photo with her 10 million followers on Instagram, rocking long blonde mermaid tresses while a green off the shoulder sequin top, black pants and chunky sneakers to drive the tribute all the way home. Wilson straddled a chair in front of a red neon sign that said, crazy. My life is crazy right now. P.S. Love you, Brittany. The bridesmaid star captioned her lookalike snap. The pic is from the comedian's new flick, directed by Alex Hardcastle, in which she stars as a cheerleader who tries to get back to her high school glory days after being in a coma for 20 years. Wilson also shared a video from the Britney Spears ex-gay set on her TikTok writing, Can you tell me that I'm the biggest Britney fan? And so in my new movie, Senior Year, my character loves her and we use her as an inspo for our cheer squad. Oh, Rebel, love you, love you, love you, love you. Jennifer Aniston also comments on heartbreaking Britney Spears situation. The media took advantage. Jennifer Aniston became the latest celebrity to speak out about Britney Spears in the wake of her very public battle to end her conservatorship. The actor sat down for an interview with InStyle and in which she talked about her career to date, which was heavily boosted by her role as Rachel Green in Friends. But interviewer Laura Brown noted that the actress moved 52 moved to Los Angeles from New York in 1989 and has been steeped in the Hollywood light business lifestyle ever since. Spears 39 came quickly came up. Brown noted that much of Anderson's rise to the top took place in 1990s, a decade that many women in LA revere as a golden age, thanks to the lack of social media putting them under the microscope. Ooh, man, seriously, she gave me, oh shit. Mm. Sorry y'all, I didn't, I I spilled some tea. Woo, damn it. However, the decade has been getting renewed attention lately as people start to realize that what was going on behind the scenes without the oversight and voice that social media provides. Specifically, she highlighted Spears as an example of someone she feels was taken advantage of at the time. They were feeding on you young. Well, oh, sorry guys. They were feeding on young, impressionable girls. Half of these kids started on the Mickey Mouse Club I was lucky enough to be raised by a very strict mother, Aniston responded. The priorities were not about becoming a famous person. I was study your craft, learn what you're doing. Don't just go out there and get lucky. I waitressed for years. I got a Bob's Big Boy commercial on my 900 commercial audition. I was late. I was doing theater, theater on like Long Island. Aniston explained that the news media was the one and only opinion when it came to stars like Spears in the 1990s. The notoriously well-adjusted star went on to note that people like Spears were not held to the same standards as she was and therefore valued things that didn't pay off in their adult life. I think that Spears' group of girls as teens didn't have any kind of who am I. They were being defined by this outside source, Aniston explained. The media took advantage of that and capitalized on them and it ultimately cost them their sanity. It's so heartbreaking. Spears has been embroiled in a nasty, protracted court battle over her conservatorship, which has seen her father, Jamie, oversees her life for well over a decade.
earlier this month. Spears was granted permission from the court to select her own attorney following former attorney Sam Ingham's resignation. She is now read by Matthew Rosengart, who has filed to remove her father, Jamie, from the conservatorship. The change in representation came after her bombshell testimony last month, in which she railed against her father and the conservatorship that he has overseen since 2008. In addition to Anderson, Dolly Parton came out this week speaking in support of Spears as more and more people in show business realize and feel alarmed by the kind of treatment Spears has been subject to throughout the years. We all stand up for you, Brit. We all stand up for you. And if your fucking, if your fucking bitch ass sister will not do it, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And Jamie Lynn has just digging herself a bigger hole here. Mm-hmm. Yo, if you saw the picture that I put of her on my Instagram on the flyer, girl looks like she has been through it. Seriously, that does not look like a happy soul. Jamie Lynn Spears denies Britney paid for Florida condo as she shares snaps from Hot Family Holiday amid reports her sister footed the $1 million bill. You still saying that you broke, Jamie? Jamie Lynn Spears denied sister Brittany paid for her Florida condo and family snaps shared to Instagram on Monday. The 30-year-old actress posted friendly photos from a holiday with her husband and two kids, which appeared to be sponsored by the Ritz-Carlton. I don't own a condo, and I can assure you that no one has ever bought me a place at the beach because I prefer my beach vacations at the Ritz anyway, she captioned the series. What in the fuck? Wow, yeah, you're so cool. You stand over a nasty tub filled with green shit. Jamie Lynn was joined by her husband, Jamie Watson. Okay. How the hell can you be married to a Jamie when you're a Jamie and your daddy is Jamie? That's gotta be fucking confusing. Jamie Sr., Jamie Lynn, Jamie Watson. They, they got to have some code names right there. Okay, Jamie Sr., Jamie Lynn, Jamie W. That's got to be, ooh, my goodness. If that don't, woo, I get fucking confused. I'll be like, you know what? Just the three J's, come here. Three J's, mom. Damn. Jamie Lynn was joined by her husband, Jamie Watson, and their three-year-old daughter, Ivy Jones Spears, 13-year-old daughter, Maddie Rianne Eldridge, and a friend. She added, simply facts, y'all need to stop breaching. Thankful to get this time with my family in between our busy work and practice schedules with the kids. LOL. The Sun reported last week that Jamie's $1 million property, $1 million property in Florida was paid for by Brittany, despite Jamie claiming she has never taken a penny from her sister or her $6 million fortune. Jamie Lynn's plush condominium in Destin, Florida was purchased through a trust that Brittany 39 has owned since 2000 and had been managed partly by their father, Jamie Sr., when he took over his daughter's financial affairs as conservator, according to the publication. Mm. Oh, and here is her, her, here's Jamie and Jamie W., Fucking A. Long stay. Spears posted a bikini selfie with her husband. Appeared to be working from home from the room, which was covered in clothes with swimsuits and bags hanging from the lamp. Yeah, and what 
is dear old Jamie Day looking at? He's looking on Britney's account to see what she's posted. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sloan, pick, Sloan from Sloan TV on YouTube saw that too. And I'm seeing it right now. It's like, see, it's like, y'all ain't slick. Y'all are not slick at all. Seriously, y'all are obsessed. And wait a minute, is this motherfucker naked? Is his, is his ass naked? Or is that a chair? Because I feel like I'm just seeing him lean over, over the dresser. And just shaking his basically tiny white cheeks at his wife while she's too busy. Like, yeah, honey, that's cute. Let me take a selfie of us just being cute. Well, basically being basic at this point because, honey, that ain't cute. Oh, my gosh. According to the report, the Destin condo and the LLC are listed as properties of Britney's in conservatorship filings from 2009, despite Jamie previously suggesting the home was her own. In a 2015 tweet recently resurfaced by Britney fan account SWAT team for BJS Jamie Lynn boasted, we have a condo in Destin, Florida, and that's the best getaway. Jamie Lynn also referenced the condo during an interview with CMT in 2016, admitting to the outlet that she hosts everyone at, her con- at our condo and that it was where she wrote her hit Sleepover. She continued, we're pretty blessed with a big condo. It can sleep about 10 people. We all have breakfast together. I plan a big dinner and we have a space at the beach. And when we write, there's no pressure and no timeline. So songs just kind of fall out. It's hard to call that work. Hmm. According to The Sun, there are no properties listed for belonging to Jamie Lynn in Florida. Tuesday's findings call into question Jamie Lynn's prior denials regarding whether or not she has profited off her older sister amid her controversial conservatorship. Back in earlier July, Jamie Lynn shared a daily at DailyMail.com headline to her Instagram story reporting that she appeared to be the only family member not on payroll. Facts, she captioned the post agreeing with the report. Now leave my broke ass alone. It came from the New York Times revealed in June that Brittany and Jamie Lynn, Jamie Lynn's father, Jamie Spears, earns $16,000 a month from being the co-conservator of his daughter's finances, plus a $2,000 per month for office space rent. Brittany's mother, Lynn, 66, and brother, Brian, 44, also on payroll though it wasn't been though even though it hasn't been reported how much they make off of the toxic singers estate jamie lynn was the only member of britney's immediate family who didn't appear to prof to be profiting from the conservatorship the financial benefits to her family have reportedly created tension between the pop star and her family in recent years. Jamie Lynn, this Jamie Lynn and Spears' brother Brian have all spent years on Spears' payroll. And as friends who spoke with her at the time recalled, she was increasingly resentful of their efforts to influence her, the New Yorker reported on Saturday. Even if she's not directly profiting off of her sister's conservatorship, 
Jamie Lynn is still entangled in her financial affairs. Back in August 2020, it was revealed that Jamie Lynn had been appointed the trustee of Britney's multi-million dollar trust in 2018. According to The Blast, Britney created the trust in 2004 to protect her vast fortune and provide for her children's financial future. The stronger hit maker will be the sole beneficiary of the trust while alive. But upon her death, Jamie will take charge of distributing the funds to her children, Sean, 15, and Jaden, 14. In court documents from August 2020, Jamie Lynn requested all assets from the trust be moved into one or more accounts with Fidelity Brokerage Services with her as the custodian of the Los Angeles Times reported. Brittany recently unleashed her fury onto Jamie Lynn, as well as her father, in a fiery Instagram post, which was shared to the platform on Friday. She commenced the post by restating that she wouldn't be performing at her Las Vegas residency again as long as her father was in charge of her conservatorship. Whew, the conservatorship killed my dream, she wrote, among her list of grievances. Further down in the post, Brittany revealed that she doesn't like that my sister showed up at an award show and performed my songs to remixes. She added, my so-called support system hurt me deeply. Mm-hmm. And we can see like how cringe she felt. Woo. Brittany recently won the right to appoint her own lawyer and moved on one step closer to ending her 13-year conservatorship. And one day after the big news, Jamie Lynn posted a message to her Instagram story saying, Dear Lord, can we end this bullshit once and for all? Amen. Jamie Lynn has previously spoken out about her sister's situation, saying last month, I'm so proud of her for using her voice. If any conservatorship or whatever the hell she wants to do to be happy, I support that. I'm so proud of her requesting new counsel like I told her to do many years ago. I'm not um, my family. I'm my own person. I'm speaking for myself. Sure, you fucking bitch. You fucking bitch. Ooh, you're a bully. Okay, your sister said it. Alexa Nichols said it. You are a Ballet. You're a ballet. And I don't give a shit. Woo. Y'all. Whew. It's just a matter of time. And Jamie, sorry, Jamie Lynn is working my last nerve. Her nasty ass self. Like, seriously, you want us to leave your broke ass alone? Why don't you show us those steel magnolias checks instead of flaunting what your sister has been profiting okay because that's the only way that's the only that is the only thing that you are because <laughs> that's the only thing that you're profiting now of okay the zoe 101 reboot was a scam and now you're on a show called steel magnolias how about we sh- you show the profits from that because right now you're just talking just to get us off your back Okay, you and your brother Brian are not are not innocent, and neither is Jamie Senior. So you ain't fooling me, sweetheart. You ain't. 
All right, y'all, that wraps up the T and Hennessy conversation for tonight. Stay tuned for the R. Kelly trial. We will be discussing that next Friday, and I will be watching as that motherfucker gets wielded. I want to see what prison has done to him, okay? I want to see. God bless you guys. Stay loved, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and don't forget to slay and be that bitch. Have a good night, y'all. This has been the Chronicles of She.